Welcome to another episode of The Gary Hour. I'm your host, Gary Levitt. This week, I talked to comedian and actor Todd Montesi about his tumultuous upbringing, absentee parents, growing up in Brooklyn, and uh, finding a dead body, and comedy, and turning that trauma into art. Is it possible? We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Future Moments, makers of mobile apps for content creation. If you're a filmmaker or if you just make videos, if you're a podcaster, a musician, search for Future Moments on the App Store because they have an app that's pretty cool that will make your life easier. All right, thanks for listening. Check out the show notes. There's links in there with all kinds of goodies. And uh, I hope you enjoy Um, cool. So uh, I think uh, I saw you at a show, and then uh, I saw you on my television. Oh yeah, on HBO. Oh, that's nice. Pete Holmes show. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still half homeless, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up on? You're on crashing on HBO. Yeah, just the first episode, the pilot. Uh, basically, Pete. I knew Pete when he started in New York City mm-hmm. back in the day, and I guess like. He reached out to me because he wanted to recreate like his beginnings in New York City. Yeah. So like he has done one of my shows. I've been doing comedy. I've been doing stand up comedy since I was seventeen, and I'm thirty seven now. So actually, my twenty year anniversary in comedy is coming up around this time, like late August, early September. Wow. So yeah, I've been around a while, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was probably like the best professional gig I've ever had in my life since. You know, it was like, oh, working with Judd Apatow. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there was a thing that happened too where I had like a handler and she was like, oh yeah, so go get food, right? And there's a food truck for like union people, non-union people right. or people that are like in and not in, you yeah, know? and SAG. Yeah. So I went there and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just like a normal person. I'm like, I don't know. So I go. You're not in SAG. No, I'm SAG eligible because of that. Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, so I can, but I'm broke, so, you know. And that, <laughs> if I get something, like a role or something, then obviously I'll hustle to get money somehow, hit a bank or, you know, jewel thief. Something to fucking pay off yeah. to do it. So, yeah, so so I went to the... Um, the uh, Crafts the, table? Yeah, no, the, the, um, they, got, they had a truck, the food truck. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so the guy goes, what do you want? And I go, uh, I don't know, um... An egg sandwich? I don't know. He goes, all right, so extras are over there. Uh, and, and then my handler comes and goes, no, no, no. He's part of the, he's part of the, the crew. He's part of the cast, main cast. You do what he wants. Nice. That was great. And I was like, wow, there you go. Taste of the high life. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. You shut yourself up, you minion, and make my egg sandwich. <laughs> now, chop, chop. So you got a free egg sandwich out of the roll. Yeah, I think I had more than that. I think I had mushrooms in it and like, you know, you know, a little sausage. Yeah, I had a, it was a good sandwich. It was got, a good 
Yeah. Yeah. It had all the, the stuffs in it. You, you know? gotta take advantage of that when it's happening. The works. It had the works. Yeah. The works. Give me the works. Give me the works. So how, how did uh, Pete Holmes reach out to you? How does that happen? Uh, I think, uh, all right. So I had this bum like uh, manager I was freelancing with who who'd send me like literally like one a roll a year. Uh-huh. And then he calls me up. He goes, hey, Todd, so uh, you won't believe this. HBO's calling. And I thought he was just joking or something. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what? So he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know what you want to see if you're interested. So he sends me a thing, and I'm like, wait one second. Oh, okay. Because I heard about the crashing Pete Holmes thing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, I was kind of worried because I was thinking, like, yeah, is he going to make fun of me? Because like, the role was open micer, and like, am I going to, you know. Right. Because, you know. Is he going to portray you in like a crappy way where you're just a scrub or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know how it is when you're a comic, you're always in your head, like, you know, doubt versus like, go for it and yeah. that thing. But, you know, but it's smart because you do want to protect your image in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I, I then like, I was talking to some comics, they're like, dude, you got to do it, like, no matter what. Even if it makes you look stupid, right. that's still a good cred, you know. <laughs> so I did it, and like, the cool thing was like uh, it was a cool set. Like Apatow was really cool. Basically, they were like yeah, just do. They had like a like a script, but of like material. But then it was just like a hold. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just had to do my own material and just like. So you got to do your material on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's technically I did stand up on HBO. You know, look how great I'm doing now. I'm doing a podcast. It's great. <laughs> that was your HBO special. Yeah, fifteen seconds. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. <laughs> that's, that's more than a lot of comics. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I still did the stand up for NBC line. Recently, because I, did. you know, I had nothing going on. I'm not drinking this month, and I thought, you know what? Let me go for it. Focus mm-hmm. for August, and you know, and of course, you know, I shouldn't have, but I did because you know, I'm Wh- still a needy, fuck up person. Comic. Yeah, why? Why rule out? Yeah, anything? yeah. You think? Oh, yeah, but you know, but also I feel like I'm all a little bit too weird for that. Like you know, too weird for NBC. I think too weird for the mainstream. You know, mm. like I, I think I could fit in. It's just that I'm not easily to p- cookie cutter to put in like a show immediately you know right like, like I, I feel like i'm my own brand of humor yeah like for example like a sasha baron cone if you see him you're not gonna be like oh put him in friends right you can't do that you got to put him in his own thing and right. i feel like now today they don't really trust they're too scared to give comedic voices their own thing mm-hmm. which i feel like that's why it's a lot of like a lot of like crapping right now on tv where it's all bloated and they say like it's peak tv but every all these other shows sound the same to me you know well you know what you could play Mm -hmm. is the wacky neighbor i'd like to you know i'd like to i'm very (laughs) wacky i'm sweating i'm schwitzing on your couch that's a very wacky neighbor thing to do and listen to that voice agents listen to that voice he sounds jewish and he's black come on (laughs) and if you pronounce your name montessi you could be italian yeah yeah i mean I, i hit so many ticks and tags for like yeah. diversity and then you know but i feel like i'm just you know a little too rough around the ages for them you know so mm-hmm. but i like to do my own things it forces me to like produce and create my own content and pushing my own content you know and i think that helps out too you know yeah but you wouldn't turn down a role i would take it yes uh-huh. i would be like hey how's it going guys yeah clapter <laughs> All right, guys, I got to like, whoop, there it is. Wacky you know, neighbor storms through the door. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I'd take it. Fuck it, you know? Can so, I curse or? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, cool. Just for fun or like in context? Oh, whatever, you know? I don't know if it's like a, I don't know what's the demographics of this podcast, you know? It's, it might be Children for, under 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is actually comedy for babies, so uh, <laughs> they listen in the womb. It's great. So you got to be on set and watch Judd Apatow direct, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you learn, pick anything up? Uh, he's pretty, he's pretty laid back, you know, which is cool. I think that like keeps a cool 
you know, because I, I don't know, like I haven't really worked that much in mm-hmm. like sets, except for my own sets. Yeah, you, d- you directed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I've noticed that he's pretty laid back, pretty chill. You know, I it's so weird because I wanted to like a- afterwards hit him up and be like, hey, uh, here's my card. But like, I, I wanted to play cool. Like I've done this before. It's cool. Right, right. So I don't know if that was the wrong thing to do. Because, like, I want it, like, you know, you know how it is, right? You want to, yeah. like, you know, stay in the radar, but... Yeah, you want to be proactive, but you want to maintain tact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a line somewhere. Yeah. And then, but the problem is, is that once you start thinking about how to do it, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be awkward, and you'll lose the tact. Yeah, so I didn't. Yeah, I just, I was just tact. I was like, yeah, thanks, and, like, mm-hmm. appreciate it, and, you know, but, you know, hopefully you'll remember me one day and be like, oh, yeah, you know, but I haven't, I only did that one episode, so that's well, about it. it. Maybe if you pickpocketed him or something, you yeah. might be like, oh, did you drop your wallet? Yeah, yeah. Then he trusts you. Dude, scumbag. Oh, yeah, that's great. Scumbaggy <laughs> comics make it now. That's it. Yeah, I feel like I'm not a scumbaggy enough. Not, you know, not enough uh, horrible, horrible things in my past. Well, that's easy to obtain. Is it? I don't know. I've got too many, like, uh, you know, I've had so many traumas. I feel like doing traumas on others, like I have empathy. But that's what you're supposed to do. If mm-hmm. you're if you're trauma inflicted, you're supposed to pass it on. Yeah, yeah. No one taught me that, you know? They yeah. only taught me to keep the trauma inside. <laughs> And burn it inside me and destroy myself. Yeah, no. How else are you going to get it out? You got to. You got to pass it on. You got. If you were beaten, you got to beat your kids. That's oh, how yeah. you get it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good thing. Good thing. <laughs> I probably not have kids. No, I probably wouldn't be kids. I wouldn't do that. You, you, you wouldn't. No. Why? Yeah. I'd probably be a good. Ironically, I probably. I, I probably be a good dad, probably, because I'd be like, you know, yeah, go with the flow, you know. Yeah. But I'm not really like I, I. Yeah, I'm not an abuser. No, that's not cool. Well, well were you abused? Is that? Uh, I had like a crackhead schizophrenic like relative uh-huh. and like it was just messed up, you know? What, like an uncle? Yeah, I mean like uh, actually technically uh, it's supposed to be my dad, but he was never my dad, you know, because he's such a fuck up. I was uh-huh. raised by my grandparents, yeah. You were raised by your grandparents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandmother mostly, yeah, yeah. So that was your biological dad? Yeah, I guess so, but it, it wasn't like that, you know? Was he in your life? Uh, I mean, he lived with us, but he was like, he was a schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it wasn't even it was just, you know. So schizophrenic like multiple personalities? Or? Yeah, like clinical. Like he went to mental institutions and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also he was from on the army and stuff and like all that stuff. Was so the schizophrenia from being in the army? I don't know. I don't know. I think I well, I think it's genetic, probably. Mm. So Do you think you got any of that? Well, I hope not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I try to control myself, you know, and I you know, I have a weird feeling because I have my family is pretty crazy that maybe I'm the one that's not yeah, and then, but if I did have kids, they're probably gonna be super fucking nuts. <laughs> so that's what scares me about like, like you know, because right. I I'm very much into control and control and like you know, like Stay, I'm never, staying in control. Yeah, yeah. Even if I get fucked up and like I always get drunk and stuff. Yeah, I, there's still a limit where I'm just like, all right, let me just stop. You never lose touch with that with that inner voice. Well, I still, well, I do lose. Like I'll black out, but like I'll still, you know, maintain not, you know over the edge or not you know losing any teeth or anything but but your voice will be like oh you're 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 blacking out yeah time to reel it in yeah or if i or if i am blacking out it's like all right i got this and then i end up magically home you so, know so you have like a strong inner voice i guess i don't know i don't know if that inner yeah i think a, a nagging you neurotic voice probably yeah that doesn't want to lose control 
Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I guess because then people be like, "See, you, you're a loser, just like us." Yeah. Right. Well, that's good because some people have an inner voice that tells them to destroy themselves. Oh, I'm sure there's that too, though. But my, I think my inner voice is just like, you know what? Get something first, then destroy yourself. <laughs> yeah. So then everyone feels sorry, <laughs> right? For not, you know, because no one gives a shit if you destroy yourself when you have nothing and you're not, you know, totally. Yeah, yeah. but if you're on top of the world. Yeah. If you're Kurt Cobain. Then you can make the comeback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except Kurt Cobain can't. Yeah, well, you know, but now he's like, you know, he's forever on t-shirts of like kids forever. So there you go. I'm not sure that helps him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all going to die, right? So, you know, why not? At least you'll live on through, you know. A t-shirt. Your... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, was your mom? Uh... I didn't have a mom, yeah. You didn't have one? Uh, yeah, well, I, I saw her a couple Immaculate times. Immaculate conception? I hope so. I don't know. I saw better maybe a couple of times and she was like, uh, bitch. So, really? yeah. what, wait, what happened? She gave birth to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that much about her. I don't know. But you know, so you were raised by grandparents. Like, yeah. Was that her parents? No, no. That was his parents. Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't really expressed. I'm still like trying to deal with that. Like, I haven't really expressed that mm -hmm. or talked about it. But now I'm just like at the point where I'm like, you know, because I want to make something out of that. Yeah. So I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head how to like produce a project about that and how like comedians like. Cause there's a lot of shows about doing comedy, but like, where does it come from and why do you need that? So it's good that I'm actually like talking about it out there and outside, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, cause that's not using it as therapy, but like using it, I'm, I want to use this in my art and stuff and like, you know, representing that shit, you know? Yeah. Cause there could be a lot of stuff there to mine. Yeah. 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 So it's good that I'm actually pretty, you know, going forward with it and like, you know, but like, honestly, it's so weird. The term like, dad and mom and father it's like these people just breed you right that doesn't make them like oh mom and dad you know well that's a good question what just, makes a, a mother a father yeah 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 like uh, literally i met her like the like a couple times and it also it's kind of a weird because like she's kind of a pariah in like the like my, my grandmother's eyes you know because she i don't know i guess like uh she, yeah, it was, it's weird, you know, like there's, there's things like, oh, it's your fault, his fault, whatever. And they weren't really like together, you know? And uh -huh. I always saw like maybe a couple times and when I saw her, it was just like, oh, here's some like haagen And then she'd be like, oh, can I borrow money for, you know, because I just paid him for haagen you know? Right, some so sort did, of manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, hey, I'm a good person. We're like, but you never raised me and like, who are you? So I remember when I was like 10 years old, I actually confronted that like, you're supposed to be my mother, but I only seen you like what? This is like the second time you confronted her. Yeah, yeah, and I was like ten or something, and like, and then she smacked me, and then I was like, you know what? I never want to see you again, and I never saw her again. You never since you were ten. Yeah, yeah. How would she? Does she know where you are? I don't care. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know where she is. She's probably dead. I don't give a fuck. You don't care. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get to know her? No, no. I don't, I've just seen her only a couple times, like two or three times in my life. Yeah, yeah. Was she uh, an addict of some sort? I don't know. I don't know. I think I've heard she was like a go-go dancer or a stripper or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you know her full, you could find her if you wanted to. Not really. I have, you know, the weird thing is like, I have a half sister who's Puerto Rican mm -hmm. that, uh, that's, I'm kind of interested in seeing in who she, but like, so it's your mom's. That's no, no, that's a different woman. A different woman. Same dad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or same, like, you know, paternal, you know, sperm donor. Sperm donor. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so she comes back into your life. So she's, she must've been in touch with your dad's parents who raised you. That, no, this is like, uh, again, this is like, I haven't seen it. It had been cut off for like, since I was 10, I'm 37. So that's like mm -hmm. maybe pff, what? 
It's about 27, 27 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. longer than you've been doing comedy. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so, but she must have parents that were w curious about, cause that's, you're their grandkid. Who? Your mom. I don't know. I don't know that's. I know that uh, she's Jamaican. That was the, the Jamaican side of me. Okay. But I don't know. And that's another thing, because I was raised by the Haitian side. Okay. Haitians and Jamaicans hate each other. Really? So, yeah. It's like, why, you know, Caribbean. I don't know, colonialism, Caribbean, you know. Yeah. You know, everyone eats each other, you know? Like, Dominicans and, like, Puerto Ricans hate each other. Yeah. There's a rivalries. There's rivalries within, like. Within small countries. Yo, yeah, within, like, minorities. It's great, because, you know, you want to be the. the to get in and be a part of the fabric of the winners. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of tribalism in yeah. the small and macro micro. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. It's everywhere, you know, yeah. Israel and Palestine and all that stuff. Everyone everyone hates each other. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, in even in Spain, which is a small country, the Basque region yeah. hates the other people. The people in Madrid hate the Barcelona the yeah, you know, yeah. the it's ridiculous. Spanish civil wars and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I have actually some uh, relatives from uh, Spain mm -hmm. from like uh my aunts who married, yeah. Are you in touch with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I know like the Haitian part mostly, yeah. So you're like seriously American because you're just a melting pot. Oh, yeah, melting pot of screw-ups, yeah, <laughs> basically. You basically, your, your genetics are just like all the screw-ups from all over the world? I think basically. <laughs> I, you know, I think someone like, um, I have my aunt who like researched uh, the French part because she, she was smart. She just went to Colombian stuff and like, I think thought, taught there. Who, your aunt? Yeah, I have an aunt, yeah. Who, who is that, your uh, the uh, Yeah, basically, all right. I was raised by the Haitian side of my family. Yeah. The uh, the father, mm -hmm. I guess, that side, because he was Haitian. And yeah, and my grand, yeah, so that was where I was raised. Okay. Yeah, and they're kind of like interesting people, because like uh, my grandmother had money in Haiti and mm -hmm. had like clout, but then the Haitian uh, revolution happened. Mm. Not a revolution, the Haitian- um, Earthquake? <laughs> no, no. This was happening in the fifties when uh, the dictatorship happened. Okay. And then her her mother had land. Her mother like had influence and stuff. And the, the dictatorship happened, and then they lost everything, wow. and then you had to get out, mm -hmm. and it became really fucked up. And then she moved here, and she had to start all over. And basically, I think she she worked for maybe I think the UN or something as like a secretary. Okay. And then she lost that job and ended up being like as a cafeteria lady, yeah. which really made her bitter. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know. She's kind of royalty in Haiti. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a big shot. I think she, uh, she, she, I think she, like, lied about her age to become a mayor of her neighborhood. Mm hmm. Like, when she was, like, 15, you're supposed to be 18 or something. Yeah. Well, so, you hear about that people being doctors in yeah. their hometown and homeland and coming here. And, and it's and, like, yeah. And then everything sucks. And they're like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> but, sucks. Everything sucks. Life is meaningless. So you pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Jesus is the way. So you probably have uh, relatives in Haiti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you uh, reached out at all? No, no. I know they've reached out for money and stuff to her, but I think they're all dying out because they're old. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Not funny, but yeah, it is. <laughs> that but, happens. Yeah. So you have you have some intellectuals in your Haitian side then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, she, yeah, I mean, even today, my grandmother's still very into politics and stuff. And mm -hmm. like, you know, here, like, uh, it's kind of funny. She's like, she's... I know she was like really she's really pro Hillary, mm -hmm. even though Hillary with the whole Haitian thing that happened over there and like you know oh there's something with the the Clinton Foundation tried to help Haiti but ended up messing yeah, it up yeah 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 but she's a diehard Democrat and stuff and most you know and my aunt too she's really smart she lucked out the oldest aunt like she uh, when the, when when shit hit the fan my grandmother took her money and sent her to like to go to school in France 
Nice. For like, I think she went to somewhere classy. I think, I don't know, to Sorbonne or something, but one of those like good like schools over there. Yeah. And then she became like really cultured and like, you know, she's very cultured. And then she married like uh, this dude in, who's like uh, in Spain, who's a Spaniard, and he's like a doctor and stuff. And so they had, you know, the cool, they were like the cool American success story in the family, right. even though they all divorced and stuff, you know, which is yeah. funny. Yeah. So do you feel like when you think about these people, do you feel like they're a part of you? Are they part of your identity? I, I mean, I feel like all these weird stories are part of my identity, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm kind of like, it's still, it's still, I don't know, I still have like issues and stuff. Like, uh, it's still frustrating because like, I can't really trust people because like of abandonment issues and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. you know, even with my grandmother, like, I feel like there's a level of like, I'm the black sheep of the family because I'm not full member. Like I'm like half Haitian and like, you know. You know what? There's not enough water signs in my family. You know, everyone's a Virgo or like, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't get me. They don't get my creative side. Yeah. But, but Virgos are good uh, caretakers. Oh, they are. I don't know. <laughs> so okay. your your dad is Puerto Rican? No, no. He's Haitian. Oh, your dad's. Yeah, so he's not, I, I, can we not call him a dad? Like, it was just like. Yeah, I don't know what to call him. You got to Just like, what, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, how do you refer to him what's the pronoun i don't know like i used to say a lot like oh i had a crackhead uncle and stuff but like it was like you know him yeah uh-huh just to like remove it from me because i don't want to have you know it's yeah. still tough for me to like accept you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah because there's a little bit where like i hate him so much and then like i hate the other person that lady that had left me too it's just like i'm like oh i'm like a product of that like you know i mean what's the point why am i here you know Maybe that's not for them to decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had a lot of problems with that growing up and stuff. Like I did try to before I did stand up, I did attempt suicide. Mm -hmm. So what? Fifteen? Sixteen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and then, but then, but that's pretty common. I mean, it's not like it's yeah, it's not like out of the ordinary. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I mean, I feel like I really had legit like because I was always smart, you know, and mm -hmm. like you see all these things that happen to you, and you're just like, I don't get it. Like one thing is you tell me to pray to God. But then all these things happen, right. and I'm not like it's not like I'm a bad guy. So what is this like? Was I was I punished from a past life? That makes no sense, right? Because like you know, there's no proof of that. Yeah, and then you just analyze, and then you go, yeah. And then people are really stupid, and like life is kind of like, I mean, there's a point where in life where you need some type of like advantage, you know. And yeah. there's it's hard, you know. I feel like the only advantage I've had is maybe like growing up in New York and like actually knowing and understanding quickly what's all about you yeah know? but still it's it's still tough you know it is yeah but also growing up in the united states in general is already an advantage as far as the rest of the world yeah i mean you know for some though but there's still like people living in like the second world you mm -hmm. know yeah i mean it's the first world the third i mean you know i mean there's still I, I feel like i'm still living in the second world i'm still like broke and like yeah you know but you I have mean, a, you have a home you know? i mean barely i mean it's like you know what do you mean, barely? I don't know. I feel like, basically, I've always felt like I'm half homeless, though, you know? And, like, also, I mean, right now, I'm still living with my grandmother, because, like, you know, because I, it's kind of weird. Comedy's become, like, my, my, my modus operandi, my religion, almost, where yeah. it's, like, I want to use this to, like, validate why I'm here, mm -hmm. and I want to maybe share, like, my, that maybe there is more to it than, like, what you get, you know? Yeah. But sometimes I'm just, like, is it? Because I've busting my ass i'm doing all those things and then like you just get no one cares you know well you that happened that's such a new york city thing mm -hmm. because we're just surrounded by the best of the best 
They say that, but there's a lot of mediocrity. We're surrounded by a lot of rich people yeah. and a lot of poor people who are trying to become rich people. Well, we're surrounded by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it takes kind of a badass to move to New York. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to, if you start doing comedy in Idaho or and, any. Oh, you know, I get jealous of that because they could basically work out and get like an hour mm-hmm. in front of real people. Yeah. Where when I started doing stand up, I had to go to open mics mm-hmm. and then deal with like these fucking jaded motherfuckers. And then you ended up doing like hard jokes and like doing like rape jokes just to like shock the room and wake them up. Right. And then all of a sudden you get like a reputation like, oh, this guy, he's a 17 year old who does rape jokes. Uh-huh. It's like, no, I'm, I'm just trying to see like. How to develop. I'm still trying to develop. It's like when you start doing stand-up in New York, like when you're born and raised, it's harder because like you're already part of the competition. Like you already you have people from Idaho doing these open like mm-hmm. having hour sets like regularly coming to New York and already they're doing your open mics just like you, and they're looking at you like fuck you, you're 17, you yeah. got the whole world in your hands. I'm like 28, 30, yeah, and I need to do it now, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know. And but that's tricky too, because they've had a lot of stage time, mm-hmm. but they haven't had the you know like the the good quality around them a lot of times mm-hmm. yeah yeah the the bar hasn't been raised around them yeah 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 i guess but they're still like i like just, like a couple of days ago i did a road gig in new hope pennsylvania it just felt so refreshing just to do like i did like 30 minutes in my sleep yeah and it was just like a material and i was just like wow and they were like wow you're so good i was so great and i'm like this feels good like i want to get into stand-up to like travel the world's world travel the roads travel the world yeah. see america and stuff and like it's kind of weird because i've been doing it for 20 years and i'm like am i starting to do that just now like mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes i get left back yeah because i've seen so and i've helped so many people yeah like you know the grizzly pair right oh yeah i started comedies over there you did they didn't have a comedy before that no they did they, it was the village ma mm-hmm. and they had like maybe a mic like once in a while and then i did a sunday show there yeah. And then uh, a comic named Sal Froyo came in there and like kind of took the room for me mm. and turned into Sal's Comedy Hall. Right. And I had to sit with Ava uh, from The Cellar, who owns The Cellar. Yeah. And we had to sit down and I was like, listen, because uh, there, there was a beef because they were like, wait, you can't have two comedy clubs. So close. Yeah, yeah. Because it, you had, the bro- you had um, Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. Then The Lantern was coming up. Mm-hmm. And then you had that. And, and this is just, all in the West Village around. Yeah, the and remember, Street. this is before like the cellar became like the big rock and it had always been like a prestige club. Yeah, but now it's like a celebrity club where everyone they have long lines. This was before like Louis, right? You know, and all that stuff where it right. became like the, the club, the club of club. You know, the hip rock and roll club. I mean, if you've been doing stand up in New York for twenty years, mm-hmm. you've seen and probably shared the stage with so many famous people at this point i guess so yeah i mean you know it depends i mean or like people who've like climbed up and become big and you're just like all right how does that affect you does that i I get nightmares of like i still get nightmares of like me still in high school and not graduating Uh i think that manifests from that you know does it feel like that oh always yeah i feel like i i know i have like a developed sense of humor and stuff and a unique sense of humor but also i feel like it's 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 a lot to invest in it's more to invest in than others, you know, uh-huh. where others have like a, a package they could easily to fit in mm-hmm. to like a role right now. Like, all right, we need like a, a non-threatening black guy, you know, right. to, who could be like, you know, the cool guy, you know? Right. I'm a little bit not, I'm not that cool. You know, there's a dorky part of me. Yeah. Also, there's also like maybe like a, an edge to me, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And like, I feel like they'd be like, yeah, a little too rough around the edges, which I think would be okay. 
Okay. But let, for the, yeah, let me ask you: Why do you think Pete, Pete? You came up with Pete Holmes, right? You started. Well, he started after you, or around. No, he started in I think Chicago, right? And he then came he to came. New York. Yeah, yeah. He already had some heat when he got here. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it was like maybe two or three years in Chicago, and then came okay. Here. So not that much. Mm-hmm. So why do you think he got famous? So like crazy famous. Uh, I think he he hits the mark. So he he's from middle Midwest. He's mm-hmm. got the Midwest look, classic Midwest look. Right. Kind of looks like John Ritter. You right. know. Yeah, and his humor. I think the, his humor fits that, like, it, it fits for the country. You know? It's it's an easy to uh, put, and you're like, oh, this is, you could give an elevator pitch to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's him. Yeah, yeah. So what's your elevator pitch? Uh, you know, my elevator pitch is like a real New Yorker. Right. He's universal, and like, he'll, he'll you know, We'll tell it like it. Is. I don't know. I think my elevator pitch is like you get what you get. You know what that, I'm saying? That, that's a real what, New York, a real New York City vibe that's universal and not like, oh, we're just a bunch of hipsters trying to become the next Felicity. It's like no, <laughs> this is a real New Yorker, a real right. New York voice. I'm really trying to fucking better myself despite all the bullshit. Yeah, a real person, a real person. And I feel like people get it. It's not just New Yorkers. People around, like people from different. I connect with people like in different. I could I could connect with people who are conservative. Yeah, I could uh, complete opposites to me. Yeah, I could probably co- you know connect with some racists who hate blacks or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's part of me that hates that sometimes too, but I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I feel like I and that's why I want to try to do and strive with my projects. I want to talk about like you know like well, that's what's so great about like 1970s shows like um, All in the Family mm-hmm. and like uh, it's just like you could relate to that, you know, even if it's like, he's repugnant, Archie Bunker. Yeah. You could relate to his like neuroses and his fears of like the other, you know? Yeah. And you're laughing at him and also with him. Yeah. 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 Cause we all have that. We all have like that, you know, but as, as, as getting back to the branding thing, cause as standup mm-hmm. comedians, that's kind very of important. <laughs> it is. Cause you are, you have, you get up mm-hmm. in front of people mm-hmm. and they're uh, evaluating you within 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like up to us to ex- provide a very simplistic right. example of what we are. Yeah, that, I do that too. And it's just annoying because like, I want to move on and move forward and really do mm-hmm. material. You know? Right. Well, that's yeah. why it's such a tricky art form mm-hmm. because Pete Holmes gets up there, for example, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, innocent Midwestern guy. He looks like a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. So you know exactly the story, right away. Right, right. Yeah. He's able to sell that brand yeah. pretty easily and quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's very well defined, mm-hmm. and I think that's as stand-up comics, that's our challenge, right? And that's well, why I'm asking, what's yours? I like I said, I think my brand is just like, uh, like the New York City kid that's like everyone knows, like mm-hmm. you know that type of you know, you know, hustling, you know, right, doing right. what he can to survive, and also like he'll drink, he'll he'll drink with you, and like you know, yep. hang out with you, and like listen to your stories, and like you know. Yeah, all that stuff. I guess like the uh, the, you got the eye ring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that might be that might be it. Maybe that's like stopping me. Like eye ring. I don't know if that's good for NBC. <laughs> God, I can't be like Cosby. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, then there's like someone like Ron Funches, mm-hmm. who's not that different from you if you simplify it. But he's more cuddly though. Ah, yeah, right. You're cuddly. Yeah, but there's an edge to me, man. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to... That's another thing, too. Being a native New Yorker, I'm not going to kiss ass. I right. can't, I can't, like, oh, wow, I'd like to hang out at your show and, like, shake my head and go, hey. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Uh-huh. I grew up with so many fucked ups. I mean, I'm not going to kiss your ass. Well, you yeah. grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, 90s Brooklyn, where you get, like, you know... Like, I have a story how I got jumped by, a, like, a diverse gang mm-hmm. when I was a kid. 
True. I got robbed. You did? Yeah, like a multicultural gang. Yeah. Uh-huh. And basically, it was led by an Asian kid, which, you know, because we were woke, you know? Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and they, they robbed me of like. So the Asian kid drop kicked you, the juice stole no, your money. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? No, they just took my bus pass because I had like, uh-huh. a, like, a, like a bus pass because yeah. of school. And I was a fat kid, so I had to walk uh-huh. like two miles or three miles home. And I was just so like, they tried to kill me. I got to walk. Oh, let me home. <laughs> <laughs> they robbed me with like a, with a butter knife too not, not even a real knife It was just like pathetic And you gave them your money? Up no, I didn't have money They just took my bus pass oh, I was okay. broke I'm, I'm Basically I've always I've been half I've been mostly poor most of my life Uh-huh Yeah So being raised by Haitians mm-hmm. What do they think? That of? already sounds fucking like sad Like <laughs> worse than wolves He's <laughs> raised by Haitians <laughs> <laughs> had to had no mother of course i didn't haitians <laughs> what do they think of stand-up comedy it's probably pretty foreign to them right <laughs> no no i mean like uh my aunts are they get it because mm-hmm. like they're they're like uh like i think they're 50s so they get it they're like you know a little more hip not well hip but like more like you know, baby boomers i guess where my grandma like i'm I, the funny part was when i used to watch comedies as a kid yeah she'd hate that she'd be like why are you watching Jerry Lewis? So stupid. Why are you trying to make people laugh? You know? What, what kind of monster says that? No, because he grew up miserable. Like, Haiti was like miserable. You know, there's like these fucking people. Yeah. Like the Tonton Makuts were like these these monsters that were just like killing people in the streets. Right. And you grew up with massacres and like... Comedy, they, comedy's a luxury. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's just so sad. And like, I feel yeah. like, you know... You know, it's like, you know, the only thing she did like, like was, I guess, music she enjoyed. Like, she enjoyed, mm. like, uh, but she enjoyed, there's this guy named uh, Miguel Acheves Maria, mm-hmm. which is like a Mexican, like, uh, he's a rancheria. Okay. Which, if you don't know, they're like, it's Mexican revenge music. Okay. So, basically, it was just like, you know. It's like the Bob Marley of Mexico? <laughs> no, but he's like the revenge music, though. So, he played like, you know, like, I will kill all my enemies. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's like, yeah. This is beautiful music. Right, right, right. But, but he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's burning and looting while he's out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will destroy good. all my enemies. <laughs> With my amigos. Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> my heart. Yes. So uh, <laughs> raised, you raised in Brooklyn mm-hmm. by Haitians. Yeah. Right. By my grandmother. Yeah, my Haitian grandmother. My grandfather was kind of like aloof. But mm-hmm. that's, you know. Was he in the house? Yeah, yeah, but he he was way older than my grandma. He was like uh, maybe twenty years older. Oh wow! And they never—I don't think they liked each other at all. Mm. Yeah, but they were married. Yeah, that's that's what happened. You just stayed. He was like, oh well, you know, this is it. You know. Well, but the funny thing was, I think he was married before because he was like an agrarian. An agrarian in Haiti. Yeah, yeah. Because like, what's my, an agrarian? Uh, I think like a, a like a not a farmer, but like a farmer. Okay. Who knew about the land and how to like till the land and stuff? Okay. So I think he worked for like. My my grandmother's mom, my mm-hmm. great grandmother, mm-hmm. and then I guess he like, yeah, just some weird ugly history. But uh, yeah, uh, but my grandmother, they ended up married, and uh, she's like, I think she was like maybe sixteen or seventeen. Have you gone to Haiti to check out your roots? No, no. Do you want to? I don't know. I'm good. You don't want to? Last time my grandma went to Haiti, she had diarrhea, and she's like, I'm not going again. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I bet it'd be pretty shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out, though. But I haven't really traveled them. I mean, I've been more focused on comedy, stand-up, and, like, I want to mm-hmm. create, like... I'm creating projects and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, hopefully... I, I think getting out is good, you know, doing road shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'll, New York is, you know, it's pretty uh, debil- debilitating sometimes. You just don't... 
get the reward for the effort. Right, right. I feel like it's a lot of cynicism and a lot of like, a lot of cynicism, mm -hmm. a lot of like uh, patronizing and condescension, especially if you're not in a clique or you're not in a status mm -hmm. that they are, or if you're not into in a, it's, it's very, it's very cast driven. Well, the city's so big and vast that it makes you feel like a nobody. I don't mind that. I just feel like I just want my peace, you know? And I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people in America today are not getting their peace because there's no more middle class. You mean your peace, P-I-E-C-E, peace? Yeah, yeah. Your peace of the action. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone wants that, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to feel like what they're doing is validated and like yeah. they want to be rewarded for what they're doing. They want to be rewarded for their work. Right. I feel like a lot of people aren't getting rewarded for work. Well, as artists too, it's really hard to get that. Mm -hmm. you know, what's really sad is like, I feel like with art, I feel like it's become a bad word. Mm. And uh, I feel it's very convenient when like we live in a time where it's all like two or three corporations run everything. Mm -hmm. And then being an artist means like you're your own corporation. Like you're starting yeah. a business. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like once we demoted uh, the idea of being an artist, it became all of a sudden like, all right, be a consumer. Don't be a creator, be a consumer. Mm. And I feel like that's what messed up a lot of things. And that's why we have reboots of Murphy Brown. <laughs> that's also gets back to what you said before about playing it safe, mm -hmm. I think too. But who wants to see Murphy Brown again? Like mm -hmm. even her shows are, the show was dated. Like you don't see reruns right. cause like they're all dated. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Cause like no one watched it. Right. But I've said this before on the podcast and I, I would say this to artist friends because it's hard to get the uh, gratification from mm -hmm. creating anything art, mm -hmm. anything creative. Because like if you, all right, so say you're a construction worker, you build a room. Like say we want to build a room, right. we frame it, we put up the ins the insulation and the sheetrock, and it's done. Mm -hmm. And then you could show everyone, look, I built a room, and everyone's like, oh, that's a great room. Yeah. And you know it's done. It's a room. You can be like, yes, I did it. But when you create twenty minutes of stand up. Some people like it. Some people don't. Yeah. You're like, man, I could do better. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next time it's better. Yeah. You don't get that gratification. I mean, I, you know, I hate to say this, but with stand-up, you have to be, uh, um, what do you call it? I think you have to be... Uh, uh, stupid? Not stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... I can't believe Crazy. I, I, did, I just had a brain fart. Uh, uh, you have to be... Um, Narcissistic. Oh, close, close, close. Uh -huh. You have to be uh, selfish with it. Yeah. Uh -huh. I can't believe I couldn't think of that word. Well, like so you mean selfish in the sense of like, you have to get your own gratification. You have to do it for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like you have to, I mean, that's why like, uh, what I've learned was like when I used to read like Lenny Bruce, like his, uh, I dig a uh, biography, mm -hmm. like how to talk dirty and influence people. Mm -hmm. I think there was a point where he was saying I, it was either his, that biography that he wrote or like the, the, the big one that was written uh -huh. about him. I yeah. think it was by some guy named Goldman, like the film. He used to do have, have a he had his material, but it was like in his head A B C D, and sometimes he'd mix it around, right? So uh, to make it fresh and always to kind of keep an improvised way for it, yeah. And I I kind of liked that, and I adopted that in a way for my own, right? Because you can't phone it in; the audience knows. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun just to like hit them with jokes and seeing like, oh, their reaction, that you know. So it's almost like it's two ways with art. There's always three ways. I feel like it's one you you create it, you have it done. Dance for your audience, and then it's to see like how they react to it, you know? Right, but the tricky thing is, and I think maybe this is what you're saying with you have to be selfish, is that you can't let the audience give you the gratification. Mm -hmm. Like, if you rely on the audience mm -hmm. to feel gratified, yeah. you're kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's like a drug, yeah. Because you, you never know. You can, then you, you've 
done a show and the audience didn't respond well and then you feel horrible. Right. You can't let the audience I still that do power. that too. Yeah, I still have that too. Yeah. It's really hard, yeah. but you have to be like, "Oh, well, I tried that new joke. You know, I feel good about the way it's progressing." Mm-hmm. You have to You have to be take, detached, right? In a you way. You have to be detached from the audience's response. Right. And this is not just comedy, it's music, it's everything. Film, yeah, like shorts, yeah, yeah. You have to like, you know. I, I was always thinking like too, like say you have a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Would you read like the reviews of your shows? Like, say, because you know, like TV Club, they have like mm-hmm. reviews, and I probably would at least for a little while just to get an idea of what people, mm-hmm. if I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one good thing about stand up is that it makes you pretty thick skinned. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty hard to, uh, you know, wreck me at this point. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I I wouldn't just to like not be influenced by the audience. Cause sometimes they could be like, Oh, they should do this. Or how come that character is that? Right. Well, some, I guess some creators want to be influenced by the audience, right. but I feel like there needs to be a detachment. So, you know, where, cause I don't, I don't like when like, com- like you could see where the person's going. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the comp tells a joke. He's like, Oh, he's going to go there. Some yeah. audiences love it. They're like, yeah, I figured that out. I knew right. it. Oh, good. I was right. That yeah, was yeah. The predictability. But I always like the left field where it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, I didn't even see that coming, you know? Yeah. Where well, you're so- controlling them, you know? Something happens, you, you can water stuff down with too much input. Mm-hmm. But Amazon was doing that thing where they were they would make a pilot. They made a bunch of pilots, mm-hmm. and I think the tick was one of them. Yeah. And they just threw them up on Amazon, and they let the audience decide who would get funded for a season. Even though they knew who they wanted to like pass. You, you know? think? Well, yeah, I think they said that too. Like, I think some were just like, all right. And they stopped doing that because they were like, you know what? We're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the mass decide what gets a season. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like with the, it's two ways. Cause like, I feel like, I feel like sometimes people condescend the audience too much. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the audience is like smarter than that. Cause like you're an audience member too. Like you, yeah. you watch TV, you know? Yeah. We're part of it. You're part of like society, you know? Kind of. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also I feel like, uh, like I said, I feel like we're not, people are not rising and not trusting their audience. You know, I feel like an audience will find you, you know? Right. But you need to work extra hard and you need to put out the cues saying, this is what I am. Right. This is what I am. And that's this, when it yeah. gets uh, exponentially easier, I think. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Once, once your audience finds you, they, they're coming to see Todd Montesi. Yeah. They already like what you do. Yeah. You have like that freedom yeah. to, to riff, to explore. Right. That's the one that's really fun, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you're just going up in front of like, that's the funny thing too. Like when I did a stand up for NBC thing, that, like I, I went online, did the eight hours, and then like. You uh, stood online for eight hours? Yeah, uh, more than that. Probably like overnight. And, uh, but when they brought me up, so it's Todd Mondesi, right? Yeah. Like, or M O N T E S I. Yeah. I have shitty handwriting. Uh-huh. They brought me up as Ted Medusa. Oh, no. And that threw me off. Like, what? And yeah. Right. And I just like had like, I think the first five seconds I was like off for 10 seconds because you had to do a minute of comedy. You get one minute one of minute. stand Yeah, yeah. And I, I did okay at the end, but I was just like, the first 10 seconds I was just like trying to establish myself. And yeah. it was just like, you know. Because if they bring you up as Ted Medusa, that's kind of something you have to respond to. I could. I didn't. I wanted to, but right. I didn't. Yeah. Well, who's named Medusa? I wanted to. This is what I would do in a real set. Right. I'm right. like, oh, great. Ted Medusa. Yeah. Medusa. <laughs> but I couldn't do that. Right. Right. So, yeah. They kind of screwed you right there. Yeah. Whatever. I've always been screwed. Just another. <laughs> Thanks a lot, God. <laughs> so religious parents. Huh? Oh, yeah. My religious grandmother's upbringing. super religious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But is it is it a religion where they believe in uh, voodoo and no, stuff? No, she's a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course, because she's Haitian, so everyone thinks like, oh, voodoo. Well, no, yeah, no, yeah. voodoo actually, it's uh, actually does more Haitians into Roman Catholicism. It's very really, yeah. I mean, technically, Haitians are a Latin. It's a Latin. It's Afro Latino mm-hmm. technically because they have the French Creole, yeah, and the mentality and stuff, and like even you know. But I think from what I've gathered, voodoo is more like. Or the superstitions, right? That I mean, there's still a lot of superstitions with Roman Catholicism, okay? Yeah. But like, the I, I think the voodoo thing is overplayed, and like I haven't, you know, I've I don't think I've ever met. I've I've lived in a Haitian building mostly, and like I haven't met one person who's like in a voodoo, uh-huh. you know. But I feel like if I heard about it, uh, so according to my grandma, it's like the lower caste people would be into that. Oh, is it? Yeah, because yeah. there's always caste in every like you know. So did you go to church growing up? Uh, my grandma did make me go like when I was earlier as a kid, but mm-hmm. then I dropped out after I did my communion and I dropped out. Yeah. After I got my wine, I was like, I'm good. But were you in it long enough to mess you up? Or you oh, felt- yeah. It's, I'm still messed up by it. I know, <laughs> like, you know, I actually find Catholicism's very, like, interesting, like the whole gothic nature of it. Like but, the, myth, the myth of it? You yeah. Know? Yeah. The, yeah. The whole, yeah. I, I'm always into, like, mythologies and stuff. Yeah. Like, I've always been. But uh, yeah, I, I, even to this day, like, my grandma's especially after her son died, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, you know, cause he died like at a, I guess like 45, I don't know, some age like that. Mm, how did he die? I don't know. I didn't really ask, but I think he like, it was weird. Cause like my grandma came up to me and she was like, uh, can you check on him? And mm-hmm. wake up and you know, I think so you, you found his body. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, all right. You gotta, you gotta tell me the story. What happened? You, she, she came to you and said, he's not responding. Yeah. Will yeah. Check yeah. On him? Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw, and it was just like, he was moving and stuff. So you walked into his room? Yeah, yeah. And you just saw him lying there? Basically, yeah. Eyes open and stuff. And then, yeah. How old were you? Uh, I don't know, like um, 37 now. It might have been like, maybe 25, 27. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, I'd say recent. It's not recent, but it's pretty recent. I bet it feels pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it's, yeah. So you put your arm on him to... Wake him? I try to. I mean, like, I, again, like, we were not in talking terms, though, because, like, he's, he would, you know, it, it was just, like, it was too much. I kind of cut him off. Even though I lived with him, I kind of cut him off mentally. Uh-huh. You know, because it was just too, you know. Was he abusive? Yeah, I mean, he was just, like, a fuck-up, you know? He was also, he stole my money. He'd also, like, as a kid, he beat me up. He did. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was just, like, you know, at the point, I just need to shut him off. Because I, I can't, like, you know, I'm just trying to get out of this fucking hood and all that stuff. I remember one time too when uh, he'd have like drug dealers calling up about mm-hmm. like because he owed them money, and they'd be like, one of them was just like, "Yeah, so uh, do you know where he's at? Because he owes money." And I'm like, "I don't know." And he's like, and then the guy basically said that. Uh, I'm like, I, I think I was like, "What do you want money for?" What was it? He's like, "Don't you know he's a crackhead?" He said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a crackhead. <laughs> Did he die from uh, like a heart attack? I don't know. I'm presuming, though, because he'd like, you know, yeah. And the sad part, too, is like, and this uh, kind of messed me up, too, because he was like a writer, mm-hmm. but he was a schizophrenic, so it was, all, it was like mostly ramblings, uh-huh. but he wanted to be like a writer. Yeah. And part of me is scared of writing because like, I'm like, am I, is this ramblings from a schizophrenic with me doing stand-up? Am I just like wasting my time? Uh-huh. Am I just fucking crazy? Right. Well, you think that because we're told we're controlled by genetics so much. Right, right, right. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, as part of it's like, you know, fate versus, you know, destiny and or whatever. And like wanting to do your own thing and 
And you want to watch out for a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Well, I mean, like, I feel, I, I honestly, like, I feel like I've had so much fucked up shit in my life. I feel like maybe I'm here for something bigger, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm lying to myself just to keep myself going and surviving, you know? Well, I think if you do it for other people, because there's plenty of people going through fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. So if you turn that fucked up shit into something good... You're, yeah, you're be a public speaker and be like, hey guys, you too <laughs> cannot be, you know. Even, pu- yeah. even just making a joke out of it, someone will be like, oh wow, he made light of that. Like, yeah. there, is, there is hope. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> so not only did you make people laugh, but whoever heard that that's, mm-hmm. can relate to your experiences. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to this podcast and be like, wow. Maybe I'm- I should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> you start doing that. Well, you got a lot of training for it already. Yeah, exactly right. I don't know, man. I feel like those guys are bullshit mostly, but I would like to make fun of that. Yeah. So if I did do that, I would make fun of that in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. That could be funny. Yeah, yeah. That could be a character. Actually, I was thinking like maybe as I develop as a stand-up or something like, uh, you know, like once I move forward. Yeah. You know, like not just do it, you know, because I really do want to do like Carlin-esque material, but also like in my own sense, in my own way. Sasha Cohen-esque? No, Carlin. Oh, Carlin. Uh-huh. Yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, was a big influence. Yeah, I want to definitely do like in my own crazy way, like even do like because you know you have like the Kanye West type people who are just like, man, you gotta, you gotta, you 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 gotta change the world within yourself, and then you change the world outside. I would love to just right. make do that too, but in a way where you be- do have the voice for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see though. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're not gonna be a motivational speaker if you still live at home at 37. And no one needs to know that. <laughs> exactly. So is that the house you, you're living in the house? You There's no house. Up? It's an apartment. Yeah. The, the apartment that you grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. And if I, yeah, it's, it's, it's all messed up. My, I have another aunt, younger aunt is going through a divorce mm-hmm. and she moved in. So it's mm-hmm. just uh, funny. So. How many apartments are there? There's only one. I mean, how many bedrooms? I don't know, two. Can, I sleep on a, I basically I've slept in a, I, I, I sleep in a weird I, I don't really I don't really hang out there that much. I do my work and then like leave. Yeah. But I, I I sleep in like a cot, not even a cot, like a in the side of a living room and something like that. I don't well, really have a room. Yeah. It's just like uh, sectioned off with a barricade or not something even. Like that. Yeah. Just like you know, it's just like all right. This is a place I put my head on and you know, yeah. kind of a couch thing. Yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it must be hard to be an adult living in the place you grew up in. Especially- well, you know, the thing, the thing is, uh, it's like, because I, I, I'd always get like ashamed because, uh, you know, it is sucky. But like, I, A, I, produ- I pursue this dream of stand up and mm-hmm. it's just like to pursue it. You can't just like, you know, B, also, I'm so fucked up. Like, I didn't really have like parents to like help me out. You know, like I had a grandmother, but, you know, grandparents are kind of like half retired. Mm-hmm. When they raise you. Right. You know, so it's just like, oh, well, I'm getting old too. And yeah. like, you know, I have other, you know. Well, they're going through their stuff. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old. And also dealing with a schizophrenic crackhead. And then you're just like, well, what? why would I play by the rules of society when I've had this shit? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes no sense. Like, I can't do a traditional nine to five after doing that. You know, like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to add to society that way. I'm not just going to, I'm here just to be a fucking drone after all this shit. <laughs> Getting slapped by a woman who called me my mom and then leaving after a couple of, yeah. Like I'm so screwed up. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, most people would kill themselves. I'm still here and I'm doing stand-up. So like I'm, technically I'm winning in in my own fucked up way. Like I had a shitty rent hand of cards. Yeah. And I'm basically trying to do my best with this. Like I'm doing your podcast. This is probably the best outcome 
if you think about it, uh-huh. of what I had, you know? Because most people would probably be in jail yeah. or be dead or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just doing a podcast in this guy's apartment. But the fact that you know this and the fact that you're saying that I'm screwed up kind mm-hmm. of shows that you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, you control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like an alcoholic being like, oh, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. And you're like, oh, well, you know you're an alcoholic. Sounds like you have control of something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Like, I can't, like, you know, par- I can't go over, like, I do drink a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a binge drinker. Like, if I drink, I'm just like, I'll... I'll bend her till the morning. But you're a happy drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said that earlier. You're yeah. a happy drunk, and that is a big reveal. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of anger inside of you. Because mm-hmm. uh, if there was, it would be a mess when you got drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like me when I'm, yeah, like I haven't, yeah, people like, it, I know like people like, like in the East Village, I'm well liked in all the bars. Uh-huh. <laughs> East Village, <laughs> I'm passing all the bars. <laughs> yeah. They all like me. <laughs> When if when you come out and go, oh, get out of here! <laughs> they bump the drunk off the stool and say, "Come on!" <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. It's got to the point where like, oh, I'm not taking a break, but I still hang out at the bars. Like, oh, okay, are you okay? Yeah. You find Jesus or something? Another no, I'm water. just taking a break. <laughs> I'll be back, guys. God. So it sounds like you try to stay out of the apartment where you live. Mostly, yeah. I mean, I like to, you know, I mean, like, I'm again, like, I'm trying to do stuff. I'm, you know, it's, it's still hard. It's still mm-hmm. hard to break. It's a hard industry, you know? Oh yeah. But you know, I, you know, I, I, the neighbors know who I am and stuff. I say hello and stuff, but I, I don't really tell them I'm a comic, you know, well, I should, but being in it for 20 years, have you seen, uh, ebbs and flows? I mean, it seems like there's so many comedians right now. Oh yeah. There's always been, you know what? I'll be honest. When I started doing stand up in 1998, it was already dead comedy. Like we, like once it's oversaturated. Yeah. I mean, once, uh, 1990, I'd say the nineties hit like mm-hmm. 92, 93. It was already from what I've, it seems to me, uh-huh. it was already like, once it starts going like Def Jam and like the old comedy scene and then like the Seinfeld scene right. where it was bifurcated into like different scenes uh-huh. instead of being like a one universal scene. That's when stand up became oversaturated. And like, I mean, it was great to have like Def Jam and Kung Fu and like even a Seinfeld mm-hmm. alt humor, alt the alt scene. Right. But again, that was the beginning of, probably the at an oversaturated end and when people go okay i'm gonna be this comic i'm right. gonna be that comic instead of being like all right i'm just gonna be funny the comic of myself yeah right. <laughs> i'm just gonna be true to myself right. you know and you see that a lot now like i've it's kind of funny seeing like certain comics you go hey uh can i book you at my show and then they don't respond but they'll book themselves at like the elite shows to be seen at you know mm. and you go oh, okay mm-hmm. i see what you're doing Right. And you know what? That's smarter than what I'm doing, I guess, you know, because uh-huh. I was a b- born Brooklyn asshole and, you know, I, I want to, you know. But comedy's kind of a an equalizer in that way where you have someone as successful as Mark Norman. He'll do your crappy free bar show mm-hmm. just to get stage time, just right. to work on the jokes, because it is one of the few art forms where you have to work on it in yeah. public. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for your ego. Yeah. You want to be the best, you know, especially if you decide to, like, commit yourself to this, mm-hmm. you want to be the best you can and you you want to be the best when i do it i want to be the best comic where like oh i want to see me right you know what i'm saying like the comic you go wow i would i enjoy my comedy you're doing what you want to see yeah exactly yeah that's what it's, again too that's what i do like i wouldn't do i wouldn't pursue stand up still all these years if i was just like generic and like if i sounded like someone else or if i did you know right like i feel like i have a brand of humor out there that's different and that people would people like Right. It's yeah. like that that Gandhi quote, uh, be the comic you want to see in the world. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. I'm not even sure if that's Gandhi, actually. Close, yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. So 
do you want to uh like what i know you want to keep creating and stuff but i am i am keep I'm, yeah mm-hmm. it's tiring though since we have no money mm-hmm. so but i'm still creating stuff mm-hmm. yeah what would you say are some of the big uh changes you've seen in yourself creatively doing it for 20 years uh, uh, you know what? I've accepted that I'm a really good producer because mm-hmm. I produced a stand-up comedy show mm-hmm. for 20 years and dealing with all these like personalities and all these egos and all these like neuroses. Yeah, it's it's amazing that almost every week and also management, mm-hmm. different venues, every Tuesday except for like maybe two or three a year because yeah. of Christmas or because of like. A storm cancel a huge storm. Can- they're not even a real storm. You gotta be like a blizzard to cancel us, right? And it's just like for ten years, and it's just like amazing, you know. And like that's helped me, given me confidence to produce like shorts that mm-hmm. I've had in festivals, comedic shorts, right? And pilots and stuff that I've created, mm-hmm. and projects. And like for example, recently I completed um, a late night talk show pilot and sizzle down pitching. It's called Who's Todd Monesey. I'll probably mm-hmm. change the name because like. Yeah, who's 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 America by Sasha Baron Cohen, right, 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 yeah, whatever. And like the idea of the show is like it's a late night talk show where this guy, me, is trying to become famous by the end of each episode, yeah, in lifetime mm-hmm. because it's like a multimedia and stuff. So, for example, one episode would be like we're trying to get a hit song mm-hmm. in thirty minutes or less. Try to create from like scratch, yeah. Like we go on Craigslist, recruit people. We interview like a a, a music producer right. who's like a hit maker, yeah. And then like if it's twenty five minutes left, all right, we gotta do the song, and then we try to make it like viral and stuff. That's cool. And then like the next week, we'll just make a music video out of it and stuff. Like I want to do like I've it's so annoying because people always complain how like television's like stayed, mm-hmm. you know, or like like late night, like mm-hmm. it's very like because they just canceled the the Michelle Wolf show, yeah, and the um who's that guy from uh, Community. Uh, Joel McHale. Yeah, they, they canceled his show as well. Yeah. But they're not bringing anything new to the table with their That's shows. That's why it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, this is something new and different. Mm-hmm. Why don't you check that out? You know? Right. And also, I had Bob Bell. You know Bob Bell, right? No, I don't. Uh, he's like this... Uh, he does like uh, Jeff Cole's shows a lot. He's okay. this like old math teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah, he was at the show yeah, like yeah. last week. Yeah, Char- he looks like a character. He's exactly. got threads. Oh, yeah. He's like it's old. He's like he's, he looks like a he looks like he might be a Scorsese guy. Right, right. But he's just like this. He's like a beatnik. Like, <laughs> like he, if Scorsese took way too much acid. Exactly and- <laughs> right. He's like he's like this cynical but lovable guy. Right. He's like a stand-up comic. He's like my uh, my sidekick. It's kind of hilarious because he's always just like you know like I'm trying to get famous and he's just like. Oh, great. He's your sidekick in the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's great. It's great. It's great. So I'm still trying to sell that out there. I've mm-hmm. got like some interest, but we'll mm-hmm. see, you know. But I definitely like to. Oh, and also, too, I've got a couple of like TV shows I'm working on trying to pitch and stuff. Like, I'm I've, like, I don't have a agent or manager and stuff, you know. What happened to the manager that uh, you had one? He was horrible and I found, and he didn't do anything. Like, yeah. you'd think it would HBO, you'd think he'd push more right to for other stuff but he was like a lazy piece of crap yeah so i dropped him and i found someone else and uh, the funny thing is when i dropped him he go he called like because i dropped him from actors access yeah he calls up and goes hey todd so uh i got this role where you could play like a, a dj in this uh, tv show yeah yeah uh-huh. so uh, oh yeah so i said you and i'm like yeah go ahead he goes okay cool by the way i saw you dropped me on actors access that was a mistake right uh... i'm like i don't know was it i mean uh <laughs> 
Oh, he's got you there. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what? Why don't you send me a thing? And then I'll, you know, maybe, you know, like, all right, all right. And he never did. And I'm like, yeah. So, so he was messing with you. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the funny part was like, uh, I had this other person and she was cool, but she sent me out to these auditions for like, like stuff like, uh, like CBS stuff where I'm just like, oh, the guy who's just said, you know, the messenger guy. Yeah. Like these one line stuff. Mm-hmm. When I kind of, paid work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I I didn't book any of those. It was mm-hmm. like for like maybe two months. Right. And then she sent me a letter and she was like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's only been two months. And I was trying to picture this idea thing. But yeah, yeah but. How did, how did you get her as your agent? I think I hustled through because uh, I have um, IMDb and then like I saw, yeah, and I was sending out like stuff. Oh, yeah, nice. like packages, but there you go. But I, I, I but I honestly like I think she was kind of condescending too because like, for example, she she was like, "Oh, you're not taking UCB classes and all that stuff," and I'm like, "Why would I take UCB classes when I know those guys from 20 years ago?" Right. And like, because I did like I was on I did the extra work on the UCB show when I was on Comedy Central when I was like younger. Wait, what is you're on Comedy Central? No, the UC, you know the UCB show. They had yeah. a show on UC on Comedy Central, like yeah, sketch show. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I did some extra work on it, mm-hmm. you know. So I didn't know, and I used to do the hang out there and do the bogus thing, which is like, like a secret open mic where you'd have like Andy Richter show up or like Conan people, right? Yeah. So you you tell the agent I'm kind of past that. Like, I didn't say that. I I just I just let it go. I was just like, you know what? You don't believe in me? I'll just find something else. Right. I rather just build up my own stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, I got a smart cousin. I'll just have him as my manager if I break through, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, my cousin came to my show last night with his wife. Asian, uh-huh. His Asian wife was cool. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. And I'm like, she's taking pictures of the, st- the shows. And I'm like... She didn't try and rob you? No, 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 no. She's one of the good ones. So this this cousin is this... Uh, <laughs> my younger cousin, yeah. Haitian side? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Haitian, half Haitian, half Spaniard, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really smart. And, yeah, he's cool. So there's the smart genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think... <laughs> I think I think we're, it's a smart family. I just think they're so, they're yeah. just neurotic and fucked up and they don't like. You used a word before that I meant to ask you, B- Billabond or something like that. What? You, it's in this podcast. You used it. And I was like, oh, I got to ask what that word was. Well, what was it? Like, it, uh, you, you said a word that went right over my head. <laughs> I was like, ooh, he is smart. <laughs> For a black. <laughs> For <What>? a Haitian. <laughs> exactly. For a Haitian. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, you get tired of New York? I mean, you know, the thing is, I want to tell New York City stories. Yeah. I mean, I had a friend who was joking who was like, oh, it was my writing partner, who uh, I'll give him a shout out, Nick Albano. Mm-hmm. I started out with him doing stand up. He's a brilliant comic, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do stand up. He's like my Larry David. Yeah. You know, where he's just like, like he's great puncher stuff. He's like great scripts and stuff. He's stuck in Staten Island right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, he wants to, but he's still, he's still doing comedy with, you know, helping me out and stuff. And yeah. like, he's brilliant, but he was joking. He was just like, cause I, I talked to him almost like once a week, just like about comedy and like, you know, just scripts and stuff and ideas. Mm-hmm. Keep you on track. Yeah. Yeah. But just like, even like scripts, like, cause we always like, we like, we're always reading each other. We're always like giving us honest feedback and mm-hmm. like, you know, like we don't hold, he's almost like my comedy brother, my comedy sibling, you know, right. in a weird way. But, uh, and I'm sure you'll hear about him. Like if I do like, when we when we get our projects out there, he's gonna be a big name, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether he likes it or not, he's nah. like a. He was like Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, he's totally Charlie Kaufman. Nice. He's like, okay. yeah, like he's like, is this a real person or like is he crazy know? but genius? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, but yeah, but uh, he's joking. He's like saying, he's saying like, oh man, maybe you should have went to L.A. after you got crashing, <laughs> like immediately, because mm, right. you probably get more opportunities, right? And I was like, 
Now you tell me. You should have just followed Pete Holmes home. Exactly. <laughs> so but, you, you were talking earlier about you were talking earlier about um, kind of uh, harvesting your life story mm-hmm. and making it into some sort of. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. But you, you think in, into a sketch, into a stand-up? no. I have two projects like mm-hmm. in mind. So like uh, the one the one project I have is called PN, which is uh, this this black nerd who's like a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and he lives with his uncle Groper, who's like a gangster rapper lives in a bathroom. His grandma and Matt Nagin, you know Matt Nagin, right? Yeah, yeah. He's his wacky next door neighbor, uh-huh. and I made that up. Uh, um, I shorted at like ten. I think maybe. Like, like 10 years ago maybe like it got in a couple festivals mm-hmm. but like i've always wanted to like make it as, as a show tv show you know mm-hmm. and like it's not it's it's outwardly based on like it's it's a cartoon it's a live act. it's basically always sunny meets good times you know yeah, yeah. but it has the whole idea of like identity i want to talk about you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. like he wants to be a He's 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 always down on his luck comically like a Charlie Black Charlie Brown right. but he wants to be more than that he wants to be like Hulk Hogan like a hero you right know? so I definitely want to play with that and then the other project that will probably come later is like my version of crashing yeah I actually pitched an episode uh, sent to people he never like he, responded he didn't respond yeah, yeah yeah it was based on like an experience I had mm-hmm. uh you want me to tell it yeah. probably, if I did shoot it like well who cares you'll you'll see it if you so I used to run the the Village Lantern. The for like Mondays, comedy scene there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing, another room. Yeah. So the, the Grizzly Pair, that's me. Mm-hmm. So all you thousands of comics, you're welcome. <laughs> and the Village Lantern before, like when, uh, like when he got kicked out because he was running to Boston at the same time. Right. So he's running Boston Comedy Club and the Village Lantern mm. within blocks of each other. I don't right. know if you want to, uh, what do you call it? You might want to like bleep his name, okay? Because you don't want to sue or anything. Because I, I don't like him. Okay. For obvious reasons. He's, yeah. Well, I didn't say it. You did. Yeah, yeah. But you bleep his name. Yeah. You can bleep You want it. me to? Probably better off. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't want to give him... Uh, the notoriety? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't want to... I don't even... Yeah. I don't, yeah. So, can you bleep that? Yeah. Good, good. All right. So, that's the only thing. Gotcha. Uh, the guy... Yeah. So, basically, he was running like... Uh, he got kicked out the lantern because he was running two comedy venues within like a block of each other, mm-hmm. which is like obviously a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. And like... Uh, it's so funny. So him and his girlfriend tried to sabotage me. How'd they do that? So, cause they were like putting a kibosh and blanding people from doing that club to do their club. Oh, right. So I, and also they were putting up barkers up front in front of the club mm. to like ban, to like block people from going into the venue. Right. Tell them go there. Instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is like fucked up. Right. Yeah, bad business. So I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, I have nothing, no problems with you. Can you just do me a favor and just not have your barkers in front of my shows? Yeah. Cause like I, I, you know, I, I'm not into like conflict. I just want to do stand up. That's right. it. You know, he's like, well, whatever, fine, whatever. So his girlfriend the next day comes over, she barks and I go, what are you doing? I just talked to the other day and she's like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Cause she's a nut. And she was a, I don't know if she does comedy anymore. I'm not going to say her name cause yep. she's a horrible person okay. who has sabotaged her opportunities. Like mm. she was opening for Lisa Lampanelli. Yeah. She, she sabotaged it. Mm. So you could put two and two together. <laughs> So I was like, you can't do that. She comes up to me, spits in my face. I push her away. A little spit. Yeah. Wow. And then I go, then she goes, I push her away. She goes, oh, you hit me. And then, and then the barker, another uh. kid who doesn't do comedy goes, yep, you hit him. She, you hit her, you hit her. And they call the cops on me. Wow. Yeah. And then it got weird. The owner comes out of the lantern and goes, all right, this is weird. No show tonight. This is like, I don't know what's going on. Right. So we, me and my, and my friend, we leave. 
a cop car comes rushing down, down like the street in West Village, yeah. stops me and goes, hey, is that the guy? And she jumps out. With out like, of the cop car. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No. And then she goes, yeah, that's him, man. That's him. That's him. By the way, they're both coked up. The, they were in a really coked up, fucked up, sit and Nancy relationship yep. they thought of themselves as. Mr. Bleep and his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Mr. Bleep is clean now. And uh, I'll tell you a follow story after that. But, uh, so she comes out, she goes, yeah, that's him, that's him. And the officer's like, this pasty white guy's like, pissed off, like, you know, he's like, did you hit her? Yeah. And I was like, white, and I was, white girl? Yeah, yeah. On your, your of like, course, yeah. <laughs> so, but I was calm. She was not. And I was just like, sir, I did not spit on her. I mean, I did not, I did not hit her. Right. I pushed her after she spat on me. Right. And he goes, wait one second. Did you spit on him? She goes, yeah, so. Ooh. And then the cop goes, you know, you guys are both comedians. Why can't you just, you know, get along and just tell jokes? <laughs> I don't get it. You're like, you don't know comedy. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's the type of shit I want to show. Like, right. in my show, I would show that. Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, it's just like, you could almost die. Someone's trying to call a cop to kill you, which is already problematic. Right. And then all of a sudden, the cop's like, you guys are comedians. I don't get it. Tell jokes. That, that's already written. There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. So I've got tons of that. So I yeah. got tons of that. But uh, yeah, that really, and and I, I'll never forgive that guy for that mm-hmm. and her either, because mm-hmm. you try, you, that could have been ugly. Yeah. And yeah, and recently that piece of shit came up to me because I was at uh, the club, he, I think, manages or whatever, or whatever, and he goes, hey man, I know we've had some differences, but uh, let's just call it a day. And I was like- He extended his hand, huh? Yeah, but I was like, eh, okay. Because after that, yeah. they kind of bullied me. Back in the days where like I'd go to comedy shows, Christmas parties. Yeah. And then they'd be like being assholes and be like, oh, this guy, huh? And then they try to step up to me and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they sabotage me in a way. And like, Mm -hmm. and it's so funny too, because you think like, you know, comics knew that. There were comics positions that knew that and they didn't really, but yeah, that's okay. All comics are for themselves. Yeah. But it's kind of funny seeing how like comics now are like, Going up to their t- t- with each other and team up with each other in like ways where they're trying to like, you know, like causes and stuff and like, oh, this guy is a pariah, that guy's a pariah. I've had these things and like I didn't have anyone have my back. But this is like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, you didn't want to just like let it go and be like, ah, maybe not. fifteen years ago. But so you're in your twenties, you know. People do stupid. Yeah, stuff. but you know what, man? I've had so much fucked up shit in my life. Mm-hmm. It's just like I didn't need that. Right. I, d- I do comedy to get out of that situation. Right. And then a piece of shit like that. And also, he was a fucking drug addict, and I've had enough fuck ups with drug addicts. Did you recognize that? Can you, yeah. Can you pick out a crackhead or a cokehead? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are my best friends because you could tell, like, they remind <laughs> me of, like, these things in my life. They feel like home? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another problem, too. Like, some women are just like, oh, God, this is way too uh, similar to, like, <laughs> my neurotic, uh, the neurotic women I, I grew up with who were, like, you know, self-absorbed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a good reason to uh, not forget where you come from, just to know what to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you want to go for it, but you're like, Ugh. sometimes like your heart's like, go for it, but your mind's like, don't yet. Yeah, you can't afford to like go down that. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got a great story. I would uh, very much look forward to seeing that. Hopefully, we'll on see. Screen. You know, or or I'll be dead, and then they'll just adopt it and make it really corny and cheesy, <laughs> and then the next person will find your body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even Starring he- Kevin Hart as Todd Marcy. Wow. <laughs> There's tap dancing in there. What? <laughs> it's updated for now. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny too, like, because I, st- I remember when all these people started, like Kevin Hart, Amy mm-hmm. Schumer, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. It's always funny. And like even Mark Lawrence. Lor- yeah, Mark, Mark Norman. Yeah, it's funny seeing how all these people started and like, you know, they found their... They found their way, which right. is good, you know? You, you saw them when they were rough. They didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good to see, like, you know, it's good that they found their way. But, like, I feel like I know where my way is. And mm-hmm. you know what? Thank you for, like, I think it's the first podcast. I don't believe in therapy. I still am that asshole. Uh-huh. But I'm sure this is a therapeutic thing. Yeah. You know, in a for way. to talk about it. Is. Yeah, yeah. But at least in, in my own way, I feel like, and you know what? I... I I started being open with, like, the, the familial stuff because of Nick Albano. Because, like, we... We talk about writing stuff, mm-hmm. and then we explore, you know, and then, like, I'd share with him, and he'd be like, you know, he's a, he's a funny guy who, like, helped me, like, kind of guide that, you know? So, well, I think it's like yeah. kind, of, kind of like what I was saying before, how you can make it, like, if you turn your trauma and your pain into something pleasurable, some good art, mm-hmm. um, it's not self-indulgent if people enjoy it. Right. And but also if they don't enjoy it, you feel good because you've created something good for yourself. You just get it out of your system like yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you're not relying on the audience yeah. to make it feel good for you. Yeah, I mean, in a way, you want to like it's, it's, it's again, it comes back to control, where it's just like, all right, this bad thing happens to me. How to take that and mm-hmm. make it something positive for me? You know. Yeah, but you also have to make yourself vulnerable to make good art sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's another thing too. Like, uh, I. I'm learning to get vulnerable, even though I don't want to get too vulnerable, you know? Mm. But I, I, I'm, you know. Why? What happens if you get too vulnerable? Because people will take advantage of you, and then people, like, fucking, like, you know, take it down. Like, it's still, like, you know. Is there a way to be vulnerable where people can't take advantage of you? Be detached. I'm, mm. I'm very detached. Like, I feel but like. If you're detached, can you be vulnerable? In a way, where you show that side, and then, like, the other side, they'll never get to. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could buy that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely feel like I'm that type of person where like people think, "Oh yeah, Todd, yeah," but there's there's still a mystery about me, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But in a way, as a stand-up, you want to be very clear about who you are. Mm-hmm. But also, you also want to be something where like people want to keep coming back. Right. You gotta leave them for more. I, I mean, you, wanting more. You obviously have the likability factor. We'll I mean, see, man. I mean, I'm I'm not an NBC doesn't think so for now. Well, know. they think Kidding. you're Medusa. <laughs> exactly. Ted Kaczynski? <laughs> yeah. They, they gave you the uh, lower hand coming in. That's that. okay. That's okay. Mm. That's, that'll be part of the story, too. Exactly. Be, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. you know what? Thanks. You gave me, like, more material mm-hmm. for that show, that, that my version of, like, crashing. Mm. Yeah. Or I don't think it would be crashing. And more it would be, like, trying to rise or something. Yeah. Know. Which is what? <laughs> no, no. I do look forward to uh, seeing uh, your life story on on screen. And somehow, like uh, you know what, I always feel like with my comedy, I le- I put something in a piece of me in there. Mm-hmm. So even like you know, even with some joke, it's like there's a piece of me in there. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So with everything, man, like like everything, like 
that's real good comedy, real good art. Where yeah. You, you put a piece of yourself in there. Yeah. And then it's for them. It's not yours anymore. That's the most depressed, saddest thing. Well, and it's also the easiest way to make yourself stand out and be unique because mm-hmm. no one has your exact life story from your perspective. Well, I hope not. That would suck. We're like, <laughs> wait, you too? <laughs> suck for them. Oh, yeah. But they I guess don't. when you get in touch with your half sister, you oh, might. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I can't wait to be famous. Like, oh, yeah, remember me? Yeah, great. Oh, great. Eat so your, your half-sister's the Puerto Rican side. Yeah, I don't know where she's at. Yeah, that'll be interesting to find maybe, out. Maybe it's the exact same life that you had, but with a Puerto Rican bend to it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did I did know her a, a couple, a little bit, but then, like, I guess it splintered. Uh-huh. But she's, I think, maybe two or three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I know she had a kid last time. The funny thing was... She was trying to connect with my family. Yeah. And then, like, my grandma was like, all right, maybe we shouldn't, because, like, they're probably going to need money or something. Right. They're all wary of that. <laughs> we have enough bastards here. Uh. <laughs> but it's funny, though. But, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. You know, yeah, ew, in a weird way, I think, as because I knew her as a kid. Not a kid, but, like, as another, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have a half-sister. Yeah. I think I had almost, like, a crush on her. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, I have a half-sister and stuff. But not incest, but you know what right. I mean. It's like, oh, wow, someone else? like, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. But I think I, last time I met her, I think it was, like, maybe, like, what, 19 or something? But that could be good, you know, if you don't want to do it for personal reasons, you could do it for creative reasons, even. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious, you know? And also, street cred, you uh, know? Get that Puerto Rican thing down? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, well, I know. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, because now it's like, oh, yeah, he's even got the Puerto Ricans at it with him. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, well I'm you know I'm I'm totally like let's I'm, cast him. He's knocking off all these colors. <laughs> exactly. He's got an Asian uh, cousin's <laughs> wife and yeah, well yeah, diversity with one person. Yeah, cast yeah. It. They they always say they want diversity uh-huh. until there's you know they don't want economic diversity. They want like the mm. same ass rich kids, right? Just brown mm-hmm. or like yeah, crazy rich Asians. Okay, uh-huh. that's what you want. You don't want like. The the you don't want the the story of this kid in, this Asian kid in Flushing who's like striving and like trying to do his best and like you know and has to deal with like a neighborhood full of gangs and stuff mm. and just you know they don't want to hear those stories. Yeah, there's so many stories out there and so many different ways you can tell a story, and then you just go on and just watch these things. It's like the same formula, the same format, and and then you just want to go there with a little different tweak. Mm-hmm. And then you go, yeah, but it's too different. And it's just like, what the hell do you know? You're just a rich kid right. that got in your position because you're a rich kid. You well, got that- lucky. And then you think like, oh, I think I know what's going on. No, you don't. And that's why middle, no one's want into that. Right. Well, that's the great thing about nowadays is that we can create our own content mm-hmm. as long as we get it out there. Yeah. Just find your audience and put in a void. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's easier said than done. It sure is because they got the mass marketing. Yeah. They got. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't do Google ads. You got to have lots of money to do that. Mm-hmm. So they got they got it. The machine still exists. Well, you know what? The good thing is, though, the machine's collapsing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could just tell, like, even with the presidency, it's just like... <laughs> It's become a, a farce. Right. And you know what? Sooner or later, all societies collapse and like the strong will survive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm good. I don't need therapy once the apocalypse hits. <laughs> I could do it myself. Well, you might good. be better equipped for the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Good luck finding your depressing uh, Zoloft pills <laughs> once shit hits the fan, guys. Nice. So what's next for you? Uh, I'm working on the PN project. So basically I'm setting up an Instagram page for it and doing mm. like one minute videos. Cool. Like basically what I'm setting up is like shooting a bunch of videos and then like one minute little skits a day. Mm-hmm. And then like once it gets popular. What's that called? Uh, it, it, uh, PN. 
PN. Yeah, PN is the name, the character's name. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Where do people find that? Uh, right now, uh, you can find online. Just follow me on, you know, just follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Cool. Montikilla, M O N T I K I L L A. Montikilla Vision, M O N T I K L A. Yeah, you know, just find me. Todd yeah. Mondesi. Just look up Todd Mondesi. You'll find me. Find them. Yeah, yeah. Links are in the show notes. T-O-D-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-I. You can see me on the first episode of Crashing. Maybe send them letters. Be like, yeah, put them in more episodes. Yeah. No, they're done. Call back. Season three. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot for talking, man. I hope this was interesting. I hope was, people enjoyed. I, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's what matters. Being selfish. The end. <laughs>